Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. Sunday, bloody Sunday has begun. Sirius XM Channel 159. Let's do this thing. We'll welcome our AM radio affiliates momentarily. We've got a full house on the program uh, tonight. Bo Khan steps up and in and bats lead off. Big man on campus steps up and in. We've got Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano. We're running the gauntlet uh, tonight. We'll talk college baseball, World Series, Gold Cup, USFL, CFL. NHL draft, and in fact, we're going to focus in on the NHL draft. Uh, The draft is rapidly approaching. Uh, The draft is on Wednesday, and I should say credit to the sports books, and I think it's because the sports books actually sponsor the National Hockey League now, but there didn't used to be as many draft options. And in fact, there's as many draft options for the National Hockey League draft as there were for the NBA draft. And you know, it's like, yeah, the draft is Wednesday, but you can't wait till then because it's not like a point spread, right? It's not like going to move a half a point or something like that. The odds are going to start to get crazy as soon as um, people start to believe that these picks start to get locked in after tweets, after media reports, after respected people say things. So I think it's time, actually. And in fact, I thought the draft was Thursday night. Like, you know, I mean, I told you, I'm not very good with dates, so I was going to double down and make sure and look, all right, when's this draft? But the draft starts Wednesday night, so it's Wednesday, not, uh, it's not Thursday, it starts Wednesday. Tonight, and we'll get into this. Mo Khan will step up, and then we'll talk NHL draft with Mo Khan. We talk football. We've got Babana. We'll talk football with Mo as well. We'll talk NBA basketball, NBA draft uh, with big man on campus back in a rotation. Speaking of baseball, the Florida Gators absolutely destroyed the LSU Tigers. So uh, we're going to three. And um, on Monday night, we got a national championship game. 24-4 was the final score. And, of course, everybody was talking about the Angels beat down uh, the Colorado Rockies. You know what's funny? Like, Otani had, like, one hit in the game. It's It always works out that way, doesn't it? Right? You figure, oh, what did Otani do? But Colorado actually won the series. <laughs> Colorado won the series. So it's like, yeah, they got they got humiliated and beaten down. And uh, But hey, they won again today. And they won on, uh, of course, they won on the front end 
uh, of it as well. So we'll talk some college baseball. We'll, uh, we'll set the stage. Sunday night, we usually check uh, the market watch. We'll get you caught up to date with the updated updated division prices as well. The Houston Astros beat the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, tonight. The Astros have not been very good in extra innings. And in fact, their 11-inning win over the Dodgers was their first extra inning win in seven tries uh, this season. Only San Diego and Arizona and Kansas City have yet to win in extra innings. I complained a lot. Well, that's that's a surprise. But I I complained a lot about the um, the clock in baseball. I can't lie. That, you know what I mean? The games are like it's, there's a good pace to the games now. I think the runner on second base is like even stupider. Let's roll. Sunday, bloody Sunday. The quickest 108 minutes of sports talk radio has begun. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be this evening. We've got a lot of stuff to unpack uh, tonight. We've got a little bit of something for everybody. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. We'll talk USFL football, CFL football, NHL draft rapidly approaching. We go from the NBA draft into the NHL draft. And if you're a hardcore, well, listen, if you're listening to this show, you're probably hardcore. But uh, this is for the hardcores only when we start getting into NHL draft props. That's right. We're betting NHL draft props. We're going to get into the National Hockey League draft. Very similar to to the NBA draft with Victor Wembanyama, in which he was a slam dunk to be the first pick. We have a similar situation with Connor Bedard. Right, Connor Bedard's going to be selected first overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. We're pretty much positive that Adam Fantilli out of uh, the Michigan Wolverines will be the second pick. Leo Carlson probably going to be the third pick. Then things sort of start to change a little bit, but there's some interesting odds up right now. We'll get into it. Mo Conn will step up and in, and uh, we'll break down the NHL draft. We'll talk football with Mo. Big man on campus in the house uh, tonight. We talk NBA draft, recap the draft, uh, some of the players. Uh, who do we think is going to hit and who's going to miss? Hey, listen, Grady Dick has already been a hit. People aren't talking about it, but the Raptors also brought in Marquise Noel. Remember the uh, the kid uh, from uh, Kansas State. And you know who he reminds me of, although Mighty Mouse is more disciplined than him. Maybe he's Mighty Mouse 2.0, actually. And uh, Grady Dick was in attendance today at the Toronto Blue Jays game with uh, Noel. So we'll, uh, we're going to talk basketball with big man on campus, Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano. Kicks it with us this evening as well. We got a full house. USFL championship game is set. Um, we told you. We gave you the picks. We told you um, to, to, you know, to watch our videos throughout the season. We go 3-0 this week. We gave you three picks in the USFL. And uh, we go 3-0. Pittsburgh Maulers were victorious. So the Maulers are going to the championship game. We gave you the Stallions. Hey, listen. Not, uh, you don't have to be a genius to know the Stallions are good. Game goes over. Let's roll. We're breaking it all down. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Let's roll. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We got a full house on the program. Big man on campus, Babano and uh, Mo Khan. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. Um, unfortunately, uh, there was sad news over the weekend and uh, the football world in many different uh, places, and not just the football world because he was a class act. So a lot of people are very upset and taken aback by the uh, the passing of uh, Darren Diedrich who was just uh, 44 years old, uh, succumbs to a battle uh, with cancer. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, Darren Diedrich was a standout with the Nebraska Cornhuskers, played in a national championship game against uh, against Miami, and um, played in NFL Europe, brief stay in the National Football League, uh, won championships in the Canadian uh, Football League, but really had an impact and really was a very liked uh, guy. Like, every, like you'll notice with all the, you know, people will say, well, you know, that sucks, RIP and stuff. But you'll notice everybody that played with him, everybody on different teams all said the same thing. They were like, this guy was a pleasure to be around, always in a good mood in a locker room and a big part of our football team. Let's bring in uh, Mo Khan. Uh, right now, and I know the Montreal Alouettes world has been uh, rocked by this, and specifically Anthony Calvillo and others. Sad news at only 44, hell of a football player, had a hell of a career, but was also a great guy, and leaves leaves behind a big impact. And I hope people uh, people remember him for uh, for who he was. Sad news, Mo. No question, Gabe, uh, and, and good morning, good evening to you, my friend. Uh, it's definitely a tough day for all football fans, uh, whether you're a college, NFL, CFL fan, to see Darren Diedrich pass away. I mean, he, he's been batting cancer for quite a while, Gabe. We, we look at his history the last four or five years, and it appeared he was going back on the right track uh, a few years ago, but I think he came back from what I was told in the last year, year and a half. And, you know, when you think about Darren Diedrich, him being a Canadian kid from Toronto, he was one of the very first kids at the skill position level to get an offer from a from a Nebraska, from a Power 5 
program at that level. And he kind of paved the way for, for a lot of Canadians to look at that route and say, yeah, I can play in a Nebraska or a Power 5 program. So he, he's had more of an impact uh, beyond his connections with his teammates and his teams that he's inspired those guys to say, look, I can be that type of player and not have to go maybe one double A or an FCS to play football and realize my dreams. You know, he grew up uh, grew up in the Toronto area, born in Jamaica, grew up in Toronto. He was the first Nebraska player from Canada to ever play on the Nebraska uh, Cornhuskers. And uh, he played pretty well. <laughs> he had yeah, he, he had 1,299 rushing yards, uh, led the Big 12 Conference, scored 15 touchdowns, um, played played in the Rose Bowl in the national championship against the, uh, the Miami Hurricanes, finished his college football career with 2,745 rushing yards on 502 carries and 26 touchdowns. Like I said, like Nebraska fans are like very taken aback uh, by this as well. And two completely different people, but I couldn't help but think about Lawrence Phillips as well. Yeah. yeah. Right? Who played for the Montreal Alouettes and, of course, was a Nebraska Cornhusker and also is no longer with us in a completely different way, uh, obviously. And Cavillo played with him, too. Like, it's just, it's, you know, it was hard. That's the first thing after I thought. I was like, wow, man, like. These Nebraska running backs, man, like these, you know what I mean? This yeah. this tragedy, you know, keeps striking them in weird different ways. And then somehow the Alouettes as well. And, you know, Lawrence Phillips had a very um, complicated life, right? There's a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of different things, but a lot of guys on the Alouettes loved him, right? I mean, they, they liked him and they, they won when he was there. I had Dick Vermeil on the program and, he was talking to me like, you know, we were talking about his wine. Yeah, he's got a wine, but you know what I mean? When he's in right. Napa Valley. We were talking about his wine company and stuff, but we started talking about Lawrence Phillips. He started crying and stuff. But how, you know, yeah. he thought Lawrence was murdered and like he wished he could have done more for him. And like it was like deep, deep stuff. So I couldn't help but just sort of like go back in time here and and just think about the Montreal Alouettes and now the you know the players that played with Diedrich, a lot of those guys also played with Lawrence Phillips as well. And it has to be taking them back to those days, too. And, and not to go even more in-depth here, but remember Thunder Collins, following the corners, who did have a, a brief stay with the Alouettes, now unfortunately yep. in prison. Uh, so the Alouettes have had a history with Nebraska players uh, even well before. Uh, uh, these hey, going guys back to Johnny Rogers, actually, Johnny Rogers, going all right, the way back exactly. to the 70s, yes. the first Heisman Trophy and, voter, the, the, he, the trophy winner that signed with the Alouettes instead of going to the NFL. Right. And even Tommy Frazier, right, played with the Alouettes in their inaugural year in 1996. So, I mean, there's a history with the Nebraska Cornhuskers and Montreal football. But, you know, when you think about, you know, uh, Lawrence Phillips, I remember meeting him in Montreal in 2002, and, and he was cool with me. And you're right, Gabe. A lot of people loved his demeanor that he was hard and tense in the football so he would have his teammates' backs. And it's unfortunate what happened to him at the end with him uh, passing away in prison. But with Darren Diedrich, he was a guy that even now, if you look at all the postings that you see in social Social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or online and Facebook, uh, this guy had an immense, immense uh, impact on many players, teammates who become brothers for life with his family. And this is a huge loss, no question about it, for all of football to not have no, here on earth anymore. Yeah, it's sad. You know, I don't, I don't. I had to bring it up. I figured we'd bring it up off the top. It's uh, yeah. It was um, like I said, hell of a football player, hell of a football player, great guy. And uh, it's just it's just too bad, but as far as the uh, the CFL is concerned, 
I don't think people had very high hopes for the Montreal Alouettes coming into this season, to be honest. Um, I thought they would be decent to be. You know, I, I really did. You know what I mean? I, looking at the division they play in, figured, you know what? This is a 9-9 team. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's the way I looked at it. I was like, this is a 500-football team. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe they could squeeze out a 10-8 and eight type thing. Right. Off to a good start, but we're going to learn a lot about them when they play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers later in the week. Well, we're going to learn a lot about the Alouettes for the next month because you're right. They have the Bombers next Saturday. They play in B.C. on July 9th. They the Arkham on July 14th. And I believe they have Calgary at the end of, at the end of July. So the next three or four games, we'll know if this team is the legit threat to win the East because of how Hamilton has not played well. Both of you mentioned now, Siski, Maillard, and then with being 0-3. Toronto looks pretty decent with Chad Kelly, the nephew Jim Kelly, a quarterback. But that's the thing, Gabe. You're right. The Alouettes are the wild card in this division. Ottawa is still growing right now and probably our year or two are going to be competitive, but the Alex could ruin this division for the other teams out there Gabe, but if they get, if they get sampled from Cody Fajardo at quarterback and play good defense without the fact that they're missing Big Allison at, at receiver, they're missing a couple of the guys at Reggie White Jr. included, uh, if they get those guys back healthy, ready to go, uh, they could be a loaded team going toward the second half of the CFL season with what they have built up if they stay healthy going towards uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah, you know what? They just I tweeted it I tweeted it after the game. They're obviously not back to what they were. There's a high standard, but there's a little bit of a swagger going on, you can see. You know what I mean? Just on defense, they're making plays, special teams, just all around. If you keep football simple, you can win football games. Don't turn the ball over, right? You know what I mean? Keep yeah. it simple. And right. they they play simple football. And I like the way they, you know what I mean? They run the ball, they run the ball, they mix in a bomb. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Boom, let's go deep. Right? Like, uh, I like what they're doing. I like, I just, I, you know, I can just sort of tell they're having fun and they like each other. Like, you can just sort of see they have that, hey, nobody believes in us, but we do. Right? So let, let's see what happens. So I'm, I'm intrigued by watching them play. Like you said, it's a fun, um, it's, it's a fun week next week. We got BC and Toronto as well. And, I don't know how much of you saw tonight of the USFL um, game with uh, with Alex Magoo, but this guy just continues to light it up. And people are talking about, like, NFL with uh, Alex Magoo, right? Right. And, all right, justifiably so. Like, honestly, you watch this guy play, and you'd be like, hey, listen, Brock Ewart brought it up during the broadcast. Night. He goes, I don't know, like, he said, I don't know if only about half the quarterbacks in the NFL can make the throws that this guy's doing right now. And we'll get Mo's take on Magoo, but I was going to say, why not, if I'm a CFL team, go after Alex Magoo? The late-night anger management class, this is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? 
In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can be the center. I think the Florida Gators just scored again. It's pretty crazy. Huh? It was like last night, the Angels. <laughs> what, 24 nothing? Uh, tonight, Florida. Florida scores uh, 24. Most runs ever in a College World Series game tonight. Uh, they set all these records tonight. Most runs in a College uh, Baseball World Series game, 24. Most home runs. In a finals game, six. Largest win margin in a championship finals game. Uh, winning by 20 runs. Tied for uh, tied record for most hits in any college uh, baseball World Series game for 23. But all that really doesn't matter, man, because we're tied at one right now with the championship game. Tomorrow, the SEC, where it just means more. Uh, will win uh, the college baseball championship. The question is, who, who, who? Um, Florida and LSU, this game's going to be lit. Uh, that game is tomorrow night. We got Mo Khan kicking it uh, with us uh, right now. So, yeah, I was talking about Alex Magoo and um, the, the Birmingham Stallion quarterback. I got to tell you, like, there's nothing more that this guy could do than to show teams that, you know what, I can play football. And he was already in the NFL, right? He was on the Seattle Seahawks. You know, he's one of those guys. But now with the third roster spot, it's really going to open the door for a lot of these QBs. But he's good, good. And, like, a good example is, like, if I'm the team, like, the, I don't know, the Edmonton Elks is a good example. Right. I'm, if I'm watching this guy play football, and I'm like, you know what, this guy is really good, and he's going to get invited to an NFL team, and he's going to be a third-string quarterback, and he's not going to play. Why don't we just give him $500,000 to be our quarterback, and he'll gladly take it. Like, you know, look at Edmonton. If you want to suck, suck. Like, they don't have a quarterback, bro. How the hell do they think that Cornelius is going to be their quarterback? They don't have a veteran. They got, they got nothing. All right? Like, these teams, then they wonder, oh, there's no fans here. Well, your team sucks. That's why no fans are going, because you suck. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, it's fly, it's fly throw over there. Um, you know what? When you look at it right now, for for what Empton has as we speak, it was a complete disaster against Toronto on Sunday Night Football. Uh, they went to the back quarterback who was upset after one play, and they went to uh, Dogie right afterwards as a third string quarterback. So we look at a guy like Alex McGill and what he's brought to the table in the USFL. I mean, look, I, oh, look, let's be real, Gabe. Right? A lot of these guys who are playing XFL, USFL, want to get back or want to have a chance at the NFL. So I think from a go, he's going to look and exercise and exhaust his NFL avenue, this, at least for training camp going towards this season into the fall. And maybe he does look at the CFL next year. But as I told you off there, the biggest problem now with the CFL moving forward is going to be the fact that because the NFL has that third quarterback spot, 
it will weaken the opportunities for them to attract that quarterback that might excel at the Canadian level uh, and, and not get the best of the best. And right now, if you look at the CFL core and st- stable quarterbacks, Vernon Adams Jr. has been playing well. Uh, Chad Kelly looks like he could be uh, the real deal if he continues to move up and up over here. And Zach Clark is still the real deal. But the reality is, probably a third, if not half the quarterbacks in this league is not that adequate as you speak. Yeah, but uh, the half the quarterbacks in the NFL aren't adequate either. Right, so to me, <laughs> no, it's true. It's, listen, I, I've never understood it to be honest. How I guess it's that difficult of a position. I mean, I, I, I have no other explanation for it. How a country of 330 million people, you can't find like 32 good quarterbacks, right? And then you get into okay, can you find 64 good quarterbacks? No, no, you can't. Right, I mean, how many teams in the NFL actually have good backup quarterbacks? Not a many. few. Yeah. yeah, like you know what I mean? Like what? Who? Like I don't know. San Francisco have a bunch of dudes. It's a few teams with a couple of guys on the team, but like for the most part, any NFL team loses their quarterback, they're screwed. Like they don't have the same type of caliber guy coming in, and then now, as you stated, you get these other leagues. Yeah, the CFL is such a re- a different league, and you got to find. I find their teams. I don't know. To me, Mo, it's almost like salary caps. You know, the Cleveland Browns have sucked forever right. with the salary cap and without a salary cap. So you could say, "Well, you know, we could do this to equalize." It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. It's like Red Bull now and F one. Everyone's crying all the time about, "Oh, they're so dominant." You guys just bitched and made everyone spend less money. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, now what? What do you want to do? Do you want him to race on three tires now? Like, before, just for the record, guys, like, Red Bull used to spend three, $400 million a year on their car. And everyone was like, oh, we can't, oh, poor Mercedes can't keep up, right, and stuff, right? And Ferrari, oh, poor Ferrari, right? So they can't keep up. And these other teams, well, you know, it's too dominant. Let's say their way of making a salary cap. So they limited. They said, all right, you can only spend like $150 million on this and research and blah, 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 to equalize it. It's the same result, Mo. They're still the best. Right? right? Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're good at scouting, you're good. If you're not, you're not. Right? Like, look at the BC Lions, how they just keep plugging these quarterbacks in. Nobody, Everyone could have got Nate Rourke. No one believed in Nate Rourke. They did. And now the guy's in the NFL with the Jaguars. Yeah, and I think, we, again, with the quarterback position at the CFL level, it requires a different style of player, right? You know, we always talk about guys. Strong arm. Guys. Need a strong, strong arm. arm. Strong arm, but also touch, right? Because as big and wide as the CFL field is, Gabe, you need to have a, a, some touch as well to put that ball in the right spot here. Because remember, that 12th player on defense has screwed up a lot of uh, quarterbacks who've never played King Rules football. And it takes guys, it takes guys a while to get used to playing that level of football. What it is on, on, on a on a field the CFL, and I just think now for for where the league's headed, Gabe. I mean, look, twenty. I, I was bringing the point thirty years ago, on a Friday night, for example, you would have Doug Flutie against Matt Dunnigan, a Tracy Ham against Damon Allen, right? You would have elite quarterbacks that were must-see TV, and you're bang on, right? If the CFL does not have that big-name quarterback that's going to excel and be a superstar, no one's coming to the stadium. They're going to watch it at home and not come watch it, you know, three-down football and watch um, pretty much uh, average quarterback play at that position. So can the CFL scouts go out there and sell the idea, hey, you can be the man over here, but also nothing working against the CFL games that you're paying Canadian dollars. So some guys would rather be paid in the U.S. not have to worry about taxes and all that stuff here, and because 
does the XFL and USFL having more benefits than where the CFL lands right now, it becomes more important playing those spring or late spring leagues than playing in the CFL from July until end of November. Yeah, I don't buy it, Mo. I've disagreed with you on this before. You said that before. Like, how yeah. many how many players ran from the CFL to join the XFL? There's a bunch that did, Gabe. I mean, and yeah, but Gabe, they're nobodies. They 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 did to make forty five thousand dollars a year, Mo. Guys right, in the they, CFL, if you're a starter, offensive lineman in the CFL are making five hundred thousand dollars. Wide receivers are making seven fifty and stuff. All right, so that seven fifty turns into five hundred for them after with the exchange or whatnot. But the 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 XFL lost sixty million dollars. They pay their players like literally like you know. a game, and the USFL doesn't pay. Like McLeod Bethel Thompson said, oh, you know, I want to be closer to my family. Um, Yeah, so you gave up $480,000 for $72,000 to be closer to your family? (laughs) But you you know what? (laughs) But you know what, though? That's the thing with the CFL, right? Like, (laughs) the the USFL and XFL are are paying U.S. dollars, right? So a lot of these kids now, and, and remember, Gabe, right, with NIL now in play, a lot of these guys say, you know what, I could stay in college football for another year and make a million plus, or make eight million plus. Whatever yeah, but anybody that's making play. NIL money will won't be in the won't. You know what I mean? They're going to the NFL anyways. Right, right. But but there, there are those guys who do like you know make NIL money that may never ever play in the NFL. But I'm just seeing that from where we are right now for the CFL position, right? Because there's more market, there's more teams now. There's more of a market of leagues. Uh, and I remember I had a guy telling CSL ranks who works for a team out there. He said, our scouts have to work harder now. We have to go unearth that diamond in the rough because now you have more competition that want to get talent to go play in their leagues. And a lot of these American guys are kind of foreign to the idea of coming up north and playing the CFL rather playing the comfort of the NFL-style rules of the USL or XFL, which are when they choose come uh, February 10th when the season begins. Mo Khan, uh, kick it with us, yeah. Well, listen, you can't dispute that the, the USFL has um, the XFL and the USFL give people a chance. That's the, well, you know what it is? The real, the, the real crust of it is if you sign like with a XFL or USFL team, they have a thing where you can't go to each other because they're rivals. But like right. um, if you sign with a team, they have that thing, well, you can leave for the NFL, right? If you get, a, you right. get, a, you get an offer. The CFL right. doesn't want that. Right, like they no. want to sign players that are like, yeah, no, I don't want to be in the NFL. I'm happy to become a millionaire here after five years or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, look right. at Anthony Calvillo is a classic example of that. Right, like you know, Calvillo, man, the guy made, he literally made Mo like 13 million dollars or so. Right? Okay, you know what I mean? To that's you know what I mean? That's all right. That's one year, whatnot, for some players, but still. That's not bad, right? Like, he became right. a multimillionaire as opposed to bouncing from team to team as the third-string quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Nate Rourke is young enough to do it. I get his his thing. Like, Nate Rourke's young, bro. The guy's in the CFL. He's like, hey, if I can stick in the NFL and get a pension and stuff and actually be, be a backup for the next eight years here, fine. Right? I'm going to make a lot of money. I don't know. Maybe it'll bother him that he never plays. Remember Bo Levi, Bo Levi Mitchell uh, a couple of years ago? I'm sure you know the story, Mo, but remember Bo Levi Mitchell 
the Minnesota Vikings wanted to sign him, point blank. Right, right. Like, there wasn't even a tryout. It wasn't, no, no. It was like, listen, we want to give you, and they were like, we're going to give you $750,000. It was a little bit more than the league minimum at the time, right? They're like, we're going to give you $750,000 a year. And he said, if I compete in camp and I'm better than Kirk Cousins, is there ever a hope in hell that I'll ever play? And they said, oh, God, no. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in california and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Chad says, can't wait for uh, Captain Kirk to throw an interception. This season hasn't even started yet. This this will be Kirk Cousins' last year with the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. This is boys to men. It's the end of the road. It's the final year, final year of his uh, of his contract. Mo Khan kicking it with us. I love Mo. Like I, I should be like uh, my defense of the CFL. Cause I remember you came in every year. People, are, oh, that's gonna hurt them. That's gonna get them and stuff. And I'm like, no, well, they'll be fine. They've lasted 150 years. They will be fine. There's a changing of the guard though going on. Like, attendance is down in Saskatchewan, Edmonton, and the West and stuff. And then suddenly, yeah. we'll see if the BC Lions can fall it up. They got 33,000 for their home opener. I know the Alouettes got over 20. We'll see if the Argos can start to get a little bit of a crowd uh, going. But I've enjoyed the CFL season. The CFL, we've um, we've done very well betting. We're starting to get into a groove. The USFL, we've absolutely crushed it. And uh, we did a video in a week again this week. We went 3-0. and But... Let's get into the uh, the NHL draft because the draft is Wednesday, but the draft is like the crypto market. It's like the, the stock market and stuff. You can't wait until like 10 minutes before to bet it. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> the numbers move. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. Uh, the, the, the numbers move. Like it's a very fluid market. Like, you know, Bob McKenzie said something and like it's not quite the same as like Sham, you know what I mean? Like Sharnia the other day and. 
you know, Mel Kuyper will say something and, you know, the sports books will flip odds and stuff. The right. NHL is a little bit different, but there has been some movement here, and I want to get a head start on this right now. So, listen, we all know who's going number one overall, obviously, Connor Bedard. There's not even odds for it because it's just too much of a slam dunk. Adam Fantilli will be the second pick. The Ducks are going to get a really good player here in Fantilli. This kid's a stud, man. Like, uh, yeah. lit it up with the Michigan Wolverines. He's going to go back and play another year of college, too. So that's the whole thing with these these NHL draft picks. Like, basically only Bedard will be in the NHL this year. But, okay, so Fantilli is the slam dunk. He's 5-1 to one to be minus 500 to be the second pick. I'm pretty convinced... Would it shock me if they took Will Smith? No, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be Leo Carlson. As far as the grades are concerned, Mo, it seems like Carlson is just too good to pass up. So I'm going to go with Carlson third. Do you agree with that with Columbus? I, I agree with that. I think Carlson goes no lower than fourth to San Jose, but I think he will be a top three pick after uh, Conor Bedard and, and Santilli at one and two. Yeah, so Leo Carlson. Uh, goes three to Columbus. And then uh, we get to the fourth pick. So the fourth pick is intriguing here. This is where things start to get a little bit interesting with the San Jose Sharks. Although, yeah, a lot of Will Smiths out here now, huh? You got, the, you got the Will Smith. You got the Will Smith on the Dodgers. You got another Will Smith now. There's a bunch of all these athletes now. Will Smith, Will Smith. So we got a new Will Smith, the, uh, the U.S. under-18 uh, phenom. This kid's this kid can play too. I'm pretty sure this is where the Sharks are going to go. I think the Sharks take Will Smith with the fourth pick. Do you agree with that? I, I think that is likely. Like for, for where Will Smith is projected to go, they think he will go top four, right? But of course, the wild card is Mishkov, the Russian, where he will be. But I think Will Smith won't get past San Jose again. It goes back to my point with Will Carlson and Will Smith. You can flip flop them three and four, and they won't get past San Jose for those for both those players. And I think that's where the draft intrigue will begin, Gabe. I think after Fantilli, it's a question now of does the team trade up with Columbus to get to number three? Because the word in Montreal. Montreal, uh, two weeks ago, 10 days ago, was that the Habs were trying to trade up to number two with Anaheim to perhaps get Fantilli, right? And there was talk that they're trying to trade up to number three. So there's something in that they probably believe that San Jose is targeting a player that they want at four, and the only realistic option for them to be in the chase side is that they have to trade over San Jose to get that guy, whether it's that two or three. But the question now for Ken Hughes, the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, is that if he's willing to mortgage his future, because think about this game, right? The Canadiens for the next three NHL drafts have eight picks in the first or second round for this year, next year, and two years down the road. So they do have firepower to work with to make a move up the board here. But the question is, is does Jeff Gordon and Ken Hughes, are they comfortable in their position to to bring in an impact player who may play this year or may not play until next fall? Who knows? Yeah, and I don't, if I don't think it'll happen. We'll see. They do have a lot of picks to work with, but yeah, I think I think the Ducks are going to be like we want Fantilli. So, if if it wasn't for Bedard, Fantilli would be the slam dunk number one pick in this draft. Oh, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, point blank, absolutely. right? Like yeah. he's that good. So I think they see that, and they've already got some good young players there uh, in Anaheim. Our boy Matthias is a Duck, is a Duck fan. Uh, he led the NCAA with 65 points, tied for the lead with goals with 30, led the Michigan Wolverines to the Frozen Four, uh, won the Hobie Baker Trophy. Uh, and you know what's really impressive, man? 
Uh, he's 18 years old, Adam Fantilli. He's 6'2", 195 already. That's big. That's, that's a big kid for hockey. Like, to be 18 only. That, so then Plus, guys, you put him on skates now, suddenly he's basically 6'5". Right? And Yeah. And he's an 18-year-old. Like, dude, they haven't even got him in an NHL weight room yet and an NHL diet and all this type stuff. Like, this Fantilli is going to be a beast. This is a great NHL draft. There's some really, really good players here. So... I think Will Smith goes fourth. For the record, he's minus 140. So, Mo, I wanted your take here with a bunch of all Canadians. Yeah. Are they going to go Ryan Leonard? Now, Mishkoff, you brought up Mishkoff. For the record, yeah. we just talked about Fantilli would be the number one pick of the draft if it wasn't for Bernard. He's 6'2", 195 pounds. He led the NCAA in scoring. Played for the Michigan Wolverines. High-level hockey. And he's a stud. But... This Mishkoff guy could be a number one pick if, oh, yeah, he wasn't under contract in Russia. So Mm. he's draft eligible, but he's under contract in the Continental Russian KHL Hockey League, and they're pretty serious about that. They don't like losing their players. So he's under contract till 2025-26 season. But the fact of the matter is, none of these kids are really going to play in the NHL for a couple of years anyways, and he'll be playing against pros in Russia and getting better. Some people call him a hockey genius. He seems like a real phenom. The Montreal Canadian fans want to take him and stash him. And or do you go with a Ryan Leonard, who I don't think they would take? To me personally, I think the Canadians are probably going to go with Reinbacher, the defenseman. But what do you hear? What do you think happens? Well, the sense that's growing now within the Montreal media, even covering the team now, Gabe, is that they believe that they will pass a Mishkov, right? But this could all be a smokescreen smoke because remember last year when they had the first pick, many thought they'd take Shane Wright, but they went Yurav Soklowski, right, who kind of shot up the draft boards. And I think now for Ken Hughes and for Jeff Gordon, as I said before, um, if they take Mishkov as number five, they're telling the fan base that we will wait for him, but we're also comfortable in our positions that we won't be fired in the next year or two because we're going to wait for Mishkov to come and, and prove why we waited for this guy to come maybe in, in two, three years, however long it might take with what's going on with him in the KHL. But I don't no think doubt. they have that comfort, bro, <laughs> personally. Well, I'm just thinking is, about it. <laughs> well, Jeff Molson, the owner of the team, he gave them the carte blanche, right? Here's the keys to the Ferrari. I want you to build it yeah. back. What does he care? He be. sells out every game anyway. So what does he care? He does. Yeah, going, he, so. he does. Right. But, but now the thing is for for the Canadians as they move forward here, right? With what they're trying to build up. Like we know that this upcoming season, the fall will be right off the half. They'll be competitive, but they won't be anywhere near uh, playoff down. They're going to be in that lottery conversation again next spring. But now for the fan base, they're not saying they've had this apathetic view of the Canes, but they want to see this team have that foundational piece to work with. They got Cole Cawthon, Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc to work with. Yeah, but Ryan Bacher's that guy. He's that right. like solid defenseman. They need some help on the blue line. Like I, I'll be but, honest, but they with have you. depth now, Gabe. Right? They they have depth. Through Draft. They took Lane Hutchins from from Boston University, who they're very hard yeah, on. Yeah. They, they, they yeah. think he's the quarterback of the team, right? And really, so you pair him with Reinbacher. That's my point. But, In a couple of years, you have both of them. 
But the thing is, are, are you going to now draft another defenseman? Because, Gabe, look at the body of work that it has the last five, ten years. I know Bergeron has been, Mark Bergeron, the former GM, who was terrible as, as, as the GM of the team with the way he's done for first-round picks. But in the last few drafts, though, they've invested in the back line through the first three rounds, whether it is a Caden Gooley, uh, whether it's bringing Logan Mayu and others that have been drafted in the last two, three years. So they have the depth to work with. But the question is, though, are you willing to, at the five pick, in a deep draft, are you willing to say we're going to bypass those forwards and take another defenseman who may not play for another year or two and where we need that, that forward lines to work with? Because look at the division right now, Gabe, right? It could be had in three, four years with how the older teams are starting to now fizzle out, like Boston, Tampa, and maybe Toronto. This could be Montreal and Ottawa that can take over this division or even Detroit in three years down the road. Ottawa are definitely ahead of Montreal's progression. That's for sure. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, um, Agreed. Yeah, yes. I, yeah, we can't dispute that. All right, so no. the odds for the fifth pick, Ryan Leonard, plus 180. Make a pick here, Mo. So Ryan Leonard's plus 180. David Reinbacher is plus 210. Mishkoff is plus 225. And Dvorsky's 5-1. to one. We didn't even get to Dvorsky, but I don't think it'll be him. No. Ryan Leonard wouldn't shock me, actually. Like, you know what I mean? I can see them with, with a Ryan Leonard. Um, what's, what, what do you think they're going to do? What's your pick here? The, Ryan Leonard has a connection to Ken Hughes from way back in the day, right? Along with Will Smith. Like, he knows these American kids fairly well. But he loves to get Will Smith because he knows Will Smith from his time in the minor hockey league, right? But the thing is with this team right now, if you look at Michkov as you speak, right, allegedly he's blown off interviews with teams in the top four, top five, trying to maybe angle his way towards Washington, which has pretty a strong Russian contingency as you speak, right? If you saw the social Great. media, yeah, he's already causing problems. <laughs> if, you saw, if you saw his Instagram, right, he was in Qatar last week when he should have been doing interviews with these NHL teams, so. I, I think now, right, the, the player empowerment that Beachcraft has realized, like, you know, maybe I don't want to go to my, uh, Toronto, I'm sorry, San Jose, Columbus, uh, Montreal, whatever it is, or even Arizona. Or yeah, but I saw yeah. a picture of him in New York the other day. I saw a thing. Right. Mishkok, Fez arrived. He was standing in Times Square type thing, looking right. up at the lights. Yeah, he, he, he's going to be the draft in Nashville this week. So, look, I, I think it's for Leonard. I, I'm going to go with Ryan Leonard for this pick here because, again, Ken Hughes, Jeff Gordon have a more of a comfort level with guys from the U.S. Developmental League or from the NCAA ranks. So give me Ryan Leonard to be that pick for them at number five. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the pick last year to be honest, the number one pick, but whatever. I, I always tell people you can't judge this stuff for years. In hockey, you really can't, right? No. I mean, no. It's, it's, it's like baseball. Yeah, like NFL and NBA, you get thrown in there right away. You're a first-round pick, and it is, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, you're gonna, you get thrown in there. Hockey, yeah. guys, like we talk about these players, and you don't – like almost every one of them is going back and playing somewhere. You know what I mean? Boston College, Michigan. Like honestly, like to be honest, even though I know they, their word was Fantilli's going back to Michigan. Right. I got to be honest. I think he's good enough to play in the NHL. So we'll see what happens, though, right? I mean, look, we, I, dude, I love Shane Wright last year, dude. Shane Wright couldn't could could barely like make the team, like the, their minor league team. You know what I'm saying? They're right. like, man, we got to send him back to the minors, like or sort of junior, like he's not ready. So it's incredibly difficult in the NHL, like incredibly rare that a first round pick just shows up. Unless you're like uh, Kale McCarr, you just walk in off the street and take the league over. That's how good he is. <laughs>
I think Fantilli's that good, though. He's 6'2", 195. We'll wrap up with Mo on the other side. He's already got the size to play in the league. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, let's do this thing. Level one. Quickest Henry Mitchell Sports Talk Radio, Mo Khan, TSN Radio, former wide receiver. Kicking it uh, with us uh, right now. We're on the way out. But, Mo, what did you think? Uh, we only got in a couple of minutes here, obviously. But uh, your thoughts, takeaways from the NBA draft. Um, who, what, what pick did you like the most? Um, our boy Prosper uh, ends up with the Dallas yeah. Mavericks, which is pretty cool and a pretty uh, cool place for him uh, to play. And he's a good fit for that roster, actually, too, to be honest. They need defense. They need grit. So uh, what was your takeaway from the NBA draft? What did you like? Derek Lively. Uh, Derek Lively ended up going to the Mavericks. I think helps their, their cause. You're right about old Max Prosper also going to the, to the Mavericks at the end of the day. Uh, the kid from UCLA, Jockeys Jr., uh, you know, with what he brings, right? He can be a great value to the NBA uh, at the next level. But also, I love what the Warriors did, taking the kid from Santa Clara, that shooting guard. He can launch and he can spread out that court here. So that can help the Warriors' cause, trying to get younger, more athletic with their wing play and guard play with what they did through their draft in the first round. What's your quick prediction for the Raptors? Because just because they didn't make a deal at the draft doesn't mean the Masai and Webster won't do something. They're known for doing summer stuff. Do you yeah. think that the roster is what it is right now? Or do you, you know what I mean? Do you think they're going to move Siakam? I, I told you back in Feb when we talked about the deadline, I thought Siakam would be on the block. I think it could happen. They need to start fresh and give themselves a new look because this core group has to be blown up and start to rebuild now towards the war they want to be maybe in two years down the road. You know, keep let's keep our eye on this. That, uh, like I said, guys, everyone like all these rumors just stop. But don't think that you know stuff is still going to happen. Dejounte Murray for Siakam. 
Because don't forget, Siakam dropped it right before, and he knew what he was doing, right, when he threw it out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not re-signing with you, just to let you know that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and rightfully so, he won't lose his free agency. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, hey, right. hey, hey, you know, look, he got, he's got to look up for himself. But if I'm him, the writing's on the wall, and if Atlanta want to pay me, I would do it. All right, great stuff as always, Mo. Always, man. Have a good week. We'll talk soon, pal. The late night anchor man for class. This is Portrait. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 